Welcome to another episode of Tigers SRD on the Tiger Mind Little Report Network and at SportsRadioDetroit.com. I'm Roderick. Still alongside me is Chris Brown, a good safe distance away. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartMedia, Stitcher, and Google Play. Follow us on Twitter at Tigers MLB, ML Report or our individual pages, Rodgecast81 and Chris Brown0914, and the new Facebook page, Tiger Mind Loop Report. Although I have to stop saying new at some point because you know how radio stations back in the day would go, the new 96.3 W, you know, DV, DV or WDVD. And it's been saying that for a year now, which is just, they just, they didn't really change anything. It's just saying new because that's how radio works. Yeah. You know, it's new enough. It's a website. It's less than a year old still, right? Yeah, that's true. No, it'll be a year coming up in July. So, so coming up, we'll be doing a review call uh, about Richard Link- Link- Richard Linkletter's movie. Everybody wants some the movie that came out in 2016. Some Tiger news did come out recently, so it'll be a really quick show. But we did get some feedback. So for the seven people out there who voted on Twitter poll, thank you. Uh, that oh, you know, I didn't vote, so I didn't see what people picked. So people picked the people. So and the, the voting's still out there. So we're going to be putting this podcast out this afternoon. So we're going to be. So this is a first for. For us, because Chris and I have been able to record in the afternoon, so my energy level is ten times greater in the afternoon than it is at night. <laughs> so, yeah, the polls out there right now, and essentially what I put out there was, what would you like us to talk about with the lack of baseball content? And so we're looking for feedback. So I put baseball movies, which will still continue. We'll we'll we're going to start with sh- we're going to continue with sugar. Pop culture was at 18%. Baseball movies was 18%. Oh, I'm sorry, we got 11 votes. So we get 11 votes. And then teams of the past with the resounding 63% of the victory. So we'll be starting with the 80, 86 Mets starting next week. So the 86 Mets, don't worry, folks, for Tiger fans, we will start with the Tigers. But I was talking to Chris earlier before the show. The 86 Mets are a fascinating team to me. And also on the fact that April Fool's yesterday was... There's not a lot of jokes, of course, but the SI, the famous story about the pitcher was throwing, what, 103? Uh, was it? Something like that? Sid, no, I thought it was Sid Finch. I think he was throwing like 140. Yeah. Right? Like it was, you know, it was uh, George Plimpton wrote that. Yeah. Great George Plimpton, who also did what? Paper Lion? He did Paper Lion. Yep. He was the Detroit Lion, and I think it was like the 66, 67 season under when Alex Karras was still there for the Lions. Yeah, I remember I watched that movie uh, with um, Alan Alda. As George Plimpton, but actually, yeah, Alex Karras was in it, and it was interesting. Yeah, it was. Uh, I saw. I still haven't seen it. I'm a big fan of Alan Alda's because I'll tell you this right now. What's his face? And I'm blanking his name now. Right now, all of a sudden, the Bill Bill Hader does a very good Alan Alda uh, impression. Yeah, it's one of does. the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it, when he was doing the Star Wars, the. The runs yeah, for Star they, Wars, they yeah. like the Star Wars uh, auditions, yeah, auditions. yeah, those that, were great. Those, those were great. So he did a really good job with Alan Alda. But we also, I wanted to thank. So I did get a DM from David J Sharp, who DM me saying he liked the show. Uh, he is a he does a. I just want to give him a shout out real quick too. He has a pod, He has a website horror underscore horror slash underground dot com. So he does a podcast called Cinema Bluster. So if you want to check that, I want to plug him because he, he DM'd me talking about the show. He was a big fan of the show and gave us suggestions, including you and I were talking about doing a Stratomatic idea before the, uh, I think last week. And so I think we're gonna I think we're gonna follow through with it right now with baseball not coming up for the unforeseeable future. So I wanted 
I'm not sure if you still have your podcast going, Dave, but David, and we're talking we're talking surf music. So we really appreciate first and foremost listening and the feedback and the music suggestions to the the band he suggested was I've been listening to him since he sent that over because I was kind of just you know I was working on some stuff really called the Tijuana Panthers so band worth checking out but again thanks David for the comment we really appreciate it and yeah so it's really cool I mean it's it's cool to have that kind of feedback but yeah next week we'll start with the 86 Mets we'll do some stratomatic stuff Chris and I will get that all hammered out and then we'll do a re- re- movie review of the movie Sugar so for Tiger News though Chris <clears throat> They release and re-sign Jordy Mercer and Zach Godley as it was first reported, and then it was switched up there. And trade rumor, MLB trade rumors changed up a little bit. So it looks like they're still going to be in camp when camp comes back. Yeah, the Mercer thing doesn't shock me at all. I mean, we were trying to figure out, I think we asked that last week, what happens with the guys who were, you know, free agents there uh, when they're in camp. I, I, I am kind of surprised by Godley because he was one of the more – disappointing players in spring training when it was still going on. You know, he had a hard time throwing strikes for most of spring training. And, uh, but I guess they still wanted to give him a chance, but yeah, Mercer, you know, we were joking that he was going to be the starting third baseman at some point. So it's not surprising to see him back in the fold. Uh, and it looks like, yeah, they cut them or they released them both like 10, 12 days ago or whatever. Yeah. Which I assume it's not made public, but I'm sure I assume inside baseball, everybody knows it. And, Nobody else came to get them, so the Tigers re-upped with them. Yeah, and we thought that at some point you see him, he would play first base, he could play short, he could play third, the multitude positions. I think they didn't they play him in the outfield last year? I would have, no, maybe, no, maybe uh, I thought he might have played in the outfield last year. I, he, they definitely had him playing first base. Um, but yeah, the, he seemed like the guy that they would they would kind of treat as the super utility player this year. Yeah, and, you know there was there was a campaign to point out how good his offense was in like the final month of the season, which doesn't really mean much, but uh, other people were enjoying talking about it. But yeah, I know I fully assumed. Yeah, so look, see, he's played shortstop, second base, first base, and third base last year. Yeah, so he's he played one game for in right field for Pittsburgh in 2014. Okay, so all right, well I was off by five years, <laughs> but <laughs> no, but it feels like he played. You know, I mean, God. It, they had so many guys playing all over last year. Ryan Rodriguez, Randy Dixon, Harold Castro. I they remember they had Ken Lario at first base for some reason. Uh, yeah, it just they were trying anything except, uh, you know, a couple guys we wanted up in the majors. But, no, I'm sure, if, you know, if they play baseball this year, he will, he will make the 25-man roster and be our 26-man roster or wait. 29-man roster? I forgot. <laughs> now that they're talking, if baseball comes back, it's 29-man, I think, right? Yeah, it's 29. Yeah, that's correct. So, so yeah, he'll definitely make that. One thing I wanted... You know. Yeah, probably. He'll probably be the, the 20th man. One thing I wanted to float out there, too, is a if you're if you're not a subscriber to Fangraphs, they put out a post a couple days ago about looking for support. So if you can support Fangraphs, I support them paying my 3 bucks a month. It's worth it. I get a ton of useful research, and they're a big reason why for all the show prep I do for Tigers and among other podcasts and other things I do. If you can support them, do it. They have, uh, they're have they looking for some assistance right now, and if you can, whatever you can do, great. If not, I just want to throw it out there as those guys work out there. We've had yeah, no, it's a- 
Dan Zabrowski on, and we're looking. We're hopefully get another guest or two on there from the site. But yeah, the, the, yeah, they they do they do great work over there. Yeah, I, I mean, I spend probably ninety percent of my time writing about baseball and looking about baseball. I'm on Fangraphs or Baseball Reference. Those are two. It, um, you know, just <laughs> absolutely essential websites if you want to write about baseball. And uh, so yeah, it's it. Anybody that can support them, good. I yeah. know it's tough for everybody right now. You know, they, I think saw the unemployment claims are up to like 10 million over the last two weeks, which is that's tough. But for those of us who are still lucky enough to work and, and be able to support people, we should in this time. So it's a time for coming together. Absolutely. And StubHub, by the way, announced that they're not doing issuing, they stop issuing refunds. Oh, good. So, Very good. Yeah. Very good. Who needs money back right now? Not me. Yeah. But uh, well, I mean, you, you see a lot of bullshit going on. Yeah. Amazon firing workers who wanted better working conditions and, and you know, struck, uh, walked off. Like, oh, sorry. See ya. Hobby Lobby, I think, last I saw was still open. Yeah. I, uh, I... The essential Hobby Lobby. Mm-hmm. Hobby is in the hobby is in the title. <laughs> it's not essential. <laughs> Look, I don't need I don't need I don't need my I don't need. A NASCAR model made right now. I don't need a poster frame that badly I mean, right now. Listen, I'm sure people would like to be scrapbooking because it's boring. But stop trying to kill your workers. By the way, speaking. Whatever. By the way, speaking of Amazon, though. By the way, it was the tweet that I did not expect at all. I don't know if you saw this or not. From from Channel Seven reporter Kim Russell. Mm-mm. It was, it was gold. It was absolute gold, and it also surprised me because you don't expect a reporter to have something. That, uh, or that, like that. It was something that made me crack up, and I'm trying to find it right now. Here it is, from Kim Russell at WX or at Kim Russell Seven, the number seven. Just interviewed a worker. He says he got a text message. He got a text oh. this morning saying three coworkers are sick. He says Amazon is essential, but is it out of essential items? He's risking the health to ship a mass amount of dildos. <laughs> yeah, I saw. I, did see, I saw that. Dildos are not essential. <laughs> Again, I would argue. Oh, no, I don't know. But oh man, that... this time there are a lot of lonely people. Yeah, no, I, I can't I, go out there and catch a D. Yeah, I, no, I I get it. I totally get it. But it was. Yeah, that is kind of funny. You know, I think it is weird. I think any sort of uh, semblance of decorum or you know worrying about stuff just goes out the window. We're all you know sheltered in place, and, and everybody's like, well, this is you know. A threat to our existence. So who the hell cares? I'm gonna talk about dildos if somebody's talking about dildos. Yeah, it was just un- it. it was unexpected, and it cracked me up to no end. It was something that I will forever remember. So it's it, it is it's hilarious. So, but uh, moving on, moving on. But the, in terms of that, there's there's some stuff going on in Atlanta. What's going on? That's that's crazy yeah. and. What there have were a couple you? minor leaguers who got cut too. We yes. might want to mention. Yes, go for it. Um, well, the, yeah, the, the uh, so the, it's just, it's kind of I, I'm not entirely sure why teams are doing this right now, other than I, I don't know. I mean, they weren't paying the minor leaguers anyway until recently. They're doing a uh, they're but, doing a special thing for minor leaguers too to get paid. Yeah, it's uh, was it four hundred dollars a week? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, correct. But uh, but so these guys who just got cut aren't getting that. I don't know if they're getting more. I don't know how it works. Hopefully they can get more in unemployment or whatever, but 
Yeah, they cut, uh, let's see, Ronald Burgos, Raul de los Reyes, Jake Baker, who is uh, Australian, I think. Uh, Kelvin Smith, they spent like 130 grand on just two years ago, three years ago, 2018 draft. And a couple outfielders, Clark Brinkman from Creighton and, and Vinny Esposito. But none of them were really, um, you know, super highly ranked prospects. Clark, uh, Kelvin Smith, we thought, you know, we had some hopes for in the past, but uh, I don't know. They seemed to sour on him almost immediately. I know we, we used to see uh, the text from his dad, I think, or tweets from his dad about how his son wasn't getting like any instruction whatsoever. So I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if once they got him to pro ball, they're like, oh, yeah, this isn't going to work, or they just didn't give him the attention to, to hone his skills better. We'll see if he picks up anywhere else. But that was kind of a bummer. And, and yeah, that's it. Just it sucks that that part of the <laughs> the game, everything else in the game, has been suspended except for the part where people get cut, which uh, sucks. So that's why, you know, we, anybody listening, we always point out we're trying to help minor leaguers get jobs. And that includes guys who are no longer in the minors who have been cut. So if you listen to this and you got jobs and you, you know, let us know, hit us up at the, uh, the website. Yes, please do. TigerMinorLeagueReport.com. There's a job board there. Thank you, Chris, for reminding me to do that because it's imperative to help out these minors and any job really, it, it if you want to, we're essentially looking for minor league players or employers, but if there's, I don't mind passing a job link along to somebody else who needs a job either. So if no, you, absolutely. you know, it's, it's open game, so it doesn't imply to minor leaguers. It's there to assist them. But if you have any questions or anything like that, just let us know. I mean, I, I know some, if you're in the Detroit area, I can, I can assist you if you're looking for a job too, as well. So I know with unemployment being high right now as it is, but yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously tough for everybody, but like you say, we, we, we had people that were like, just need the help moving for like a week and they were going to pay, you know, 150, $200. It's like, well, every little bit helps, I think. So yeah, if, uh, if you might have jobs like that for somebody too, just let us know. Absolutely. Pass it along. So another part of this we're, Corona thing, what's up, Chris? We're, we're the Tiger King. We're, we're like the Tiger Kings over here. We're <laughs> hiring a bunch of felons. <laughs> minus the, well, minus the felon bar, but uh, also people yeah. or math hey, mouth people. We don't discriminate. If you're a felon. Yeah. That's fine. That's, oh, that's true. No, we can't, we can't discriminate about that. But uh, Tiger King, you and I both finished talk. I know you and I, you both, you finished it. I finished it last week. <clears throat> it is. The memes have been fantastic. I know right now the, the question that was out there is if it wasn't for this pandemic, would Tiger King get the same kind of hype? And the answer is yes. I, th- I still think that no matter what would happen, no matter what happens, it would be one of those things that would be, it might even be a slower build, obviously, because mm-hmm. what's going on. But it is, I, it was funny too, because there was somebody who was saying, I don't get, there's a couple people that are like, I don't like it, I hate it, dot, dot, dot. That's fine. I'm yeah, big... I've had a lot of people who's like, yeah, I don't need to see that. I don't like, or they watch one and they're like, yeah, I know, I get it. It's like, oh, all right, well, that's yeah. I mean, it's that there's a certain <laughs> some people don't like to see train wrecks. Other people can't get enough. So, yeah, it's a, it, it's a good case of a reality that I even know existed because I've never I never heard of any of these people at all until I watched it, and it made me realize, wow, I am missing quite a bit out there, and it's okay because it's a good part of the part of the world i don't want to see or even participate in so the other thing too about this COVID 19 as well that james andrews dr james andrews who's done hundreds of surgeries on ball players is he's not doing any tommy john surgeries during this pandemic so 
yeah, I mean, I well, I mean, I hope that means that he's helping in other ways, um, <laughs> or if he's just just choosing not to take up medical supplies and medical like staff, you know, people who would need it for anesthesia and stuff like that. Yep. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's there was I don't know who wrote an article about that, but it was like, is this really an essential medical procedure right now? And the answer is, of course not. I mean, you'd like as baseball fans, we'd like these guys to get healed and come back as soon as possible, but. It's it's not uh, life saving. That's for sure. Yeah, and there's I think it's I think majestic. Is it majestic who makes the MLB uniforms? Uh, maybe. I can't remember. Were the people who are doing masks? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I know a lot of people are chipping in. I saw, although I did see. I remember what is it like two weeks ago? Elon Musk is like, "Hey, if they're short ventilators, then we'll help." And everyone's like, "You idiot! They're short ventilators. Help!" Yeah. And then I see today that they're just shipping uh, CPAP machines. They plastered, they bought them from a bunch of CPAPs from somebody, plastered uh, Tesla's name on them, and are shipping to hospitals, which is no good. That doesn't help at all. It's like, Jesus, come on, dude. Like, I don't know. So you would think somebody with those resources and, and claiming to want to help uh, would be able to do a little bit better than that. Yeah, versus. that Ford and GM are going to be making tons of villain layers and stuff and. But, you know, I guess when you're – it's just a st- Silicon Valley people, man. I, I listen to a podcast about the juicer row. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. No. What is that? <laughs> oh, man. It was uh, just this this total Burning Man Silicon Valley type who, who fell in love with hard, uh, cold-pressed juice like 20 years ago and opened up these juices, which apparently is just – I guess you squeeze the juice out like – with a cold press. I don't know. I, I don't know the difference, but it's like, it's much more expensive that way than, I don't know what grinding it up. Uh, but he, he somehow managed to secure like $200 million in, uh, in funding to create this cold press juicer for in home. And it just ended up being the, the biggest debacle. It was like, you had to buy these juice bags where everything was already pressed. So you could just squeeze it out of the juice bag if you wanted and the thing was like connected to Wi-Fi, and I don't know. It, it was just ridiculous. They lost so much money, um, and it just seems like very typical Silicon Valley. I don't know if people watch the show. That that I think was stunningly realistic, unfortunately. So there, anyway, there was a you know it's funny. Speaking of juice, by the way, OJ said I did it. April <laughs> the Fools, the juice, April Fools, and it's like, dude, that's not funny. Are you serious? Are you are you that are you that I mean, dense man? Come on. No, he's just a horrible person. Like, yeah. there's, I don't know how many times the guy has to. Yeah. What a jackass! What a jackass! No, and by the way, Silicon. I watched the first season of Silicon Valley. It's Mike Judge, who's one of the main writers, I think, in that show, or producers or writers, does a really good job with it. And he worked in Silicon Valley way back before it became a big thing yeah. in the late '80s, early '90s. So before he got on Beavis and Butthead, started Beavis and Butthead. But yeah, I mean, it's it's so absurd, and it's like. It's real. Like, there's a whole thing about how the guys where they are getting blood transfusions from young people to they they want that young blood. Like, literally, it makes them they think that that makes them better to to have blood from young people. It's it's they're just insane. Yeah, and it's all in the show, and it seems ridiculous, but it's true. So, or yeah. like uh, that that trend for a while, Silicon Valley, where meal replacement shakes that came out a couple of years ago, where everybody was talking about those yeah. protein shakes and. They only do three a day, but some, like there was a blog I remember reading that they were talking about some of the side effects were really bad diarrhea. And I'm thinking to myself, 
Okay, I like food. Obviously, <laughs> by my weight, I could tell I like food. But good, I, I I fell into it. I found the Huel, which is like a it was a replacement chick from two, like it was two years ago. It was a big big trend in Silicon Valley. And I just thought of then I saw Soylent Green. I'm like, oh, it's the people. It's the people. Yeah, yeah. You know. I can't believe they actually made Soylent Green. <laughs> That's <laughs> like so bizarre. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm not gonna trust it. It may be hot dog water tasted with vanilla for all I know. I but mm. anyway, I fell into that trap with that before. I'm not gonna lie, but either way. You know what? I you know how people always say that something is that bland is vanilla. Yeah. Like, oh, that's just vanilla. Right. I want to defend vanilla's honor real quick. This is the important stuff we're getting to on this podcast. <laughs> I like vanilla. What's wrong with vanilla? Like, there's a reason it's in everything. It's tasty and delicious. It is delicious. If, if, if vanilla was so bad, how come it costs like $3,000 per ounce at the store? I don't know if you've ever tried to go buy vanilla extract. I, I have. Like, like real vanilla extract. It's literally, it's like $25 per like a little bottle. Let's give let's give vanilla some respect. That's all I'm saying. No, and you know what? Vanilla bean ice cream, like vanilla bean ice cream, is delicious. It is a, very I, good, yeah. and I like a good vanilla milkshake every once in a while. Yeah, I did. Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm just I uh, have a bland palate, but uh, vanilla is pretty good. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, yeah. Moving on from vanilla to the movie, so we'll take a quick break, and then we'll talk a little. bit. We'll talk the Richard. Oh, I'll have to edit that out later. Uh, we'll, we'll take a break. We're, uh, <clears throat> All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to talk about the 2016 movie Everybody Wants Them, the Richard Linklater movie with a bunch of actors who some of them I admit, I, some of them I think may, may not be household names, but depends on how much of a movie buff you are. But, yeah, there was, it was an interesting movie. I just finished watching it earlier today, and we're going to talk about that, the baseball aspect of it, and use it in quotations. Yeah, we'll probably end up the podcast from there. You're listening to Tigers SRD on the Tiger Minor League Report Network. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back to Tigers SRD on the Tiger Minor League Report Network. So Chris and I, next week, by the way, we'll be talking Sugar. That will be the next movie up on our movie review. But we look at Richard Linklater's 19, excuse me, movie from 19, well, it's from 1980. It was That was the era that it was filmed in the early 80s. And the movie from 2016, Everybody Wants Some. It's a comedy that involves the baseball team from, what was it, South Texas, I guess, Chris? Or was there... Yeah, I think, I don't know if it was like supposed to be Stephen F. Austin or something like that, Sam Houston State, something like that. It was definitely a, a team in Texas. But, yeah. Uh, not sure which one. So it's involving the story of college freshman Jake Bradford, who comes there, meets a bunch of guys in this the housing situation there with a bunch of baseball players. So he's got the, there's Buter, there's Finnegan, there's a token black guy, which I'll get to in a second, because it seems like in every single Richard Linkletter movie, the the two yeah. now seem like they have that, that quaffed perfect Afro kind of thing and what have you. But yeah. Uh, that, yeah. So anyway, it starts there and it just kind of goes from their adventures to their first baseball practice of the fall because in Texas they can play year round. And then they have a guy from Detroit who will, I'll talk about that guy in a little bit, but uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that guy was interesting. Yeah. What was Jay Niles? Yeah. Jay Niles. Yeah. Jay Niles from Detroit. Yeah. But yeah, you know what? The actor who played him was Justin street, but it's Justin is spelled J U S T O N, which is basically like Houston street. Who's a real baseball player. Very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't pitch. Couldn't pitch though. 
but it's, uh, yeah. we've come to well, discover. That's, yeah. And that's the thing. So I had never seen this before. I knew it was about baseball. Nor have I either. Yep. Um, I like Richard Linklater. I like a lot of his movies. Uh, so I watched it. And no, it's it's not a baseball movie. It, it is about a group of college kids who are on a baseball team together. But it's really, it's a college movie. It's a first day of college movie, first weekend of college movie. It's kind of about, you know, just it, it, it's, it takes a, it's, it's very, I think spiritually he wanted it to be like Dazed and Confused. And a lot of it is like that. It's, it's kind of, whereas Dazed and Confused like ends with the guys heading into their final, what, their final year of high school. Correct. And you, you kind of, you, you leave the movie kind of thinking about them having fun for the next year basically. And this one is kind of like that, except it's the beginning of, of college. So you, you leave the movie thinking about the, the team coming together and hanging out for the next several years. But yeah, there's not like a, there doesn't seem to be like a, a very concrete narrative path other than that. And like, Hey, these, these are young guys who are super competitive, very horny and they love to party and they basically are Kings of the campus. So it's, it's about them having fun with that. And I can see how people, you know, might be turned off by that. But I, I had a good time. I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. And, uh, you know, you come to enjoy some of the characters. Like you said earlier that there's – he kind of falls into the, the tropes of his earlier career. There's some uh, kind of typical characters for uh, Linklater, or at least at least along the lines of Days of Confused. Like yeah. the, uh, Will Finn, the Finnegan guy I think uh, ends up being pretty likable. Yeah, the, the the guy with the short the small penis routine. Yeah, <laughs> the, the average penis routine. <laughs> the average, yeah, average, sorry, average yeah. penis routine. Yeah, that was that was he was my favorite character. Him and I liked a lot. Uh, in in terms of even J AKA or was it J J was it um not Jake uh, the guy from Detroit they, they call him Detroit but what was his name yeah. J J uh, Giles or no? he, J Niles Raw Dog yeah Raw Dog. That guy, okay, so he reminded me when I played baseball, I was a very, very over-competitive baseball player. I mean, even in house leagues, I was very kind of ultra-competitive. You may not know that now. Well, if you get to know me, I'm pretty I'm pretty competitive. But it's just, it was, I don't know why, I thought he, he cracked me up because he was way, way over the top as this guy was like, oh, I could pitch 90 and braggadocious kind of stuff. But I really, really liked the, the trope of the the. the one of the tropes was, of course, Wilbury being the stoner. Then you find out later he was a thirty-year-old. Just all he loved baseball so much, and that I thought, I thought that was really cool because there's probably some guys out there that may have tried that before, just because they love being around baseball that much. And I mean, I lied about my age to play another year in house league. I mean, it was supposed to be really? eighteen. Yeah, I was supposed to for District Seven. The cutoff age was eighteen. I was turning, and I turned eighteen. I lied. I was like, ah, no, I was born in eighty-two. So I played another year, and and I made so good will with D- District Seven that I played another year, and I wanted to play. It was, and at that point, the league went from I think it was eight teams down to like it was four. It wasn't really as competitive as when I first started, mm. but I I just wanted to play because I, I didn't at the time I didn't know there was any hardball leagues in the this area in this area. And there's one that Steve Avery played for for a while now in this in the Michigan area. I think it was out of Redford. I can't remember where it was, but either way. I wanted to play, and I I, I like the relatable aspect of it. But it's kind of like it, it, another trope too. Becomes kind of like a love, kind of like that love moment too, where he meets that girl, that like the girl from the the theater major, and mm-hmm. how they like them being jackasses led them the ball busting stuff like that. That's like that camaraderie thing. And 
course, Disco is he. I think Richard Linklater did a really good job of capturing the era well with the combination of punk and disco. Because yeah. they, you know, go ahead, Chris. What are we gonna say about that? No, absolutely. I mean, that was they. Uh, this group of kids. I, I think it's one of those things where they they. Uh, he's just trying to capture the era. You know, it's kind of a pastiche of of things. I, I seems unlikely to me that there will be guys actually like that who are as into disco and rap and country and punk at the same time. But it's kind of just showing what was going on in the country and what the, the links these guys would go to to hook up with girls. But it was, yeah, it's just cool to see they went uh, they went from a disco that a couple times got kicked out of there because of the, the ridiculous guy from Detroit um, picking fights over his screwdriver. Um, yeah, they went to a country bar and then they went to a punk concert. And like you said, they were singing rappers delight at the beginning of the movie. So it was just kind of, uh, I think just a, a, a him showing off the kind of the, the feeling you might get when you go into college and, and you like, you're exper- exposed to all these different things. And it feels like, you know, the world is large and there's lots of stuff going on. And I think that conveyed that pretty well. Yeah. And then, it, yeah, that continuing on the, along those lines, like you said, they, they, they go to the party at the theater house and it's just this giant, acid trip with these weird theater kids it's like you can kind of picture that being like a big boring nerdy party and instead it's just like this over-the-top wild thing and it's like oh all right this is fun yeah i never i never like that part too where they're playing the dating game via alice in wonderland theme was quite unique and something like i've 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 got a few gothic kids in my lifetime in high school and post high school that that weird phase between 19 and 22 where you're you're not really hanging out with your high school friends anymore, but you meet new people and you're still like you're out of your comfort zone a little bit because the guys or gals you hung out with in high school are not around anymore. So they in some cases, for example, a lot of my friends went away from high school to one went to Michigan State, the other went to UD Mercy. But then he got his first girlfriend and then I never saw him because he was like, all right, I got to go because my girlfriend kind of thing. So when he got you know whipped or whatever or whatever, I mean, whatever your trope is, if you want to hang out with your girl, that's cool. I'm not judging. Anyways. Yeah. It's that weird phase in your life where you meet people and you go to parties that you're out of your comfort zone. And that, I think that he captured that very well because there's so many – first of all, for, foremost, that was a kick-ass party. I mean, that was probably the best party of all the party scenes they had on there that wasn't – Yeah. You know, that, that I really I really enjoyed that. And, and that, that phase of your life, however old you are, is an interesting one because you, you're not – in certain cases, for people who went away for school, you're on your own. You don't know anybody, and you had to fit in any way you can. And even when Jake saw his friend from high school, the, the guy became a punker, punk rocker, and then they did that Gilligan's, uh, Gilligan's Island theme. I thought that was pretty funny, by the way. They were pretty cool, too. But it was – that right there captures that awkwardness where you're meeting new people where you're trying to break away because those yeah. experiences make you into what you are as an adult. Yeah, they're all trying new things, and uh... – you know, that's that's you kind of formula. Not for everybody. Some people know who they are very young. Some people find out who they are in college. Some people find out much later. But it's like it's one of those things where, yeah, you, like you form your identity just through your your experiences in college. And you in you they kind of in, in the movie they establish that later. Like, okay, this this kid is good at baseball. This Jake Bradford, but it it seems unlikely that this is going to be his path forward. And then you, later on, you learn that he's he's kind of a smart kid anyway. He's 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 kind of deep and that again, kind of fed into another one of uh, Linklater's tropes, which I, I don't, I don't know if you've seen his, uh, I think we talked about it before his, his before trilogy, 
before sunset, before sunrise, before midnight. Um, they're all, I haven't seen before midnight, but the first two are really, really good. And they're like the movie equivalent of a bottle episode. I don't know if you know what that is. Bottle? Like a bottle episode is it's just kind of a a TV episode that is contained, like just two people basically oh, like trapped in a bottle talking, like, you know. That's interesting, People yeah. talk about the Mad Men episode, uh, uh, Mad Men bottle episode of, I think it was Don and Peggy just hanging out in the office. Oh, yeah, when they were hanging out after Mad hours. Man. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about, yeah. Um, yeah, but th- these movies, the first one, is uh, I think I think before sunrise, and it's just Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy are on a train in Europe, and uh, I know Ethan Hawke kind of convinces her to. They're both going different places, but they decide to get off together in Vienna and spend the night walking around. It's, it's just them walking around Vienna all night, and all the different conversations, and, and you learn about their philosophies on life, and it was like a very real, very interesting uh, moment in somebody's life in. in you get a little taste of that at the very end of this with uh, with the guys uh, with with Jake on the in the river with that girl he met from the uh, the theater group. Oh yeah, when he makes the correlation to Greek mythology and baseball, which yes. I thought was Sisyphus, yeah, yeah, Sisyphus, and you know Sisyphus, Sisyphus, oh, wow, <laughs> that's <laughs> so, a... also probably pretty prevalent in baseball. <laughs> Definitely with those kids, the way they're banging the girl. Yeah. No, and Chris, I think you and I have talked about this off here many times, how throughout – well, maybe I haven't too much with you, but how many times I correlate baseball to things in life. For example, when – you know, you maybe some people did this. I'm not sure among our audience, but, oh, I got to suck a base with a girl. So what does exactly suck a base mean to you? You know, and like having those conversations or, for example, I – it was when I played pickup basketball and it was with my friends from baseball, they knew it was my pitcher face. When I go into driving lane, I would make this face like this angry, like pitcher face. Cause I, I was influenced by Mike Henneman because Mike Henneman, when every baseball card you had with Mike Henneman as a kid, he looked like he was like, he was pissed. He looked angry. He looked like he was throwing every, you know, every time Morris always had that stoic mustache picture or Dan Petra also looked like he was, Looked like he was like, you know, and and I always love those pictures because it it symbolized them putting all that effort. And that was the same thing with baseball. You could like either, you know, you hit a couple (laughs) or another analogy, like you hit a couple singles and then you get the home run for the presentation. So you you can find baseball correlated in a lot of different ways. But that was the first time ever seen Greek mythology. And the way that they the way he put put that in there was brilliant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I I think that was. It wouldn't shock me because we talked before. He he was a pitcher, and he went to college for baseball before he got into film. So it wouldn't shock me if, if a lot of that was taken from his real life. Like he's obviously very artistically gifted to have such a successful directorial career. So he probably wouldn't shock me if that was actually what he wrote about. I would love to talk to somebody who actually played college baseball who has seen this movie and see what they think. Uh, maybe we can get Drew Lane on the podcast. But uh, that's good. Just, idea. Uh, yeah. Because, uh, you know, I have a feeling that, that it's, it's, and you might be able to do that with any team sport, that it's, that there are guys that kind of just fit into certain types, like you said, like the pitcher guy, like the, the, the best player on the team who gave, gave off a very strong, like Keith Hernandez, uh, Rafael Palmero vibe, just because of his dark hair and his mustache. But it became pretty obvious, like, all right, this, this is, this dude, they mentioned he got drafted, he can hit, he's really good. Um, and you, yeah, you can, you can see kind of the pecking order on the team and stuff like that. And it's just be interesting to see how, how realistic that was. 
Yeah, I definitely, I definitely dug that part. I definitely also, what I also liked was the attention to detail with those period movies with the cars and the little things like the Dr. Pepper mm-hmm. can and, and Dr. Pepper is by the way, the huge in Texas. It's, yeah, it's well, that's what it started, right? Yeah. It's, it's the, the Dr. Pepper where we have now is not the same. I don't think. Oh, I really? Think it's like an approximation, but I don't think it's, it's, I don't know if people like make the difference between like Coke and Mexican Coke or whatever, but I think it's something similar to that where it's not the same. I wouldn't surprise me because they always change, they always change everything for the most part, but mm-hmm. No, it's it, it was really well done. I really liked the movie a lot. I would give it two. All right, so I, f- I figured out a way to judge this. I would I, here's the way I would do it. I, I think I found a way. Oh, by the way, the scene where they taped the freshman to the wall. Holy crap! Yeah. <laughs> How illegal yeah, was that? Again, <laughs> that totally seems uh, totally seems. Yeah, they, that's the fun, like we said. There's about ten to fifteen minutes of actual baseball in this movie. Right. Like you could you could see it's it's there for the entire movie you know there, there'll be baseball bats and they'll be talking and they'll be playing things but but actual baseball you know they go out there and practice or have a scrimmage and then they haze the freshmen and they, they tape them to the outfield wall and everybody hits balls at them and yeah it's uh yeah i don't know if you can get away with that now but oh man it'll be it lost very realistic to me yeah some it seems like lawsuits up the wazoo but if all right so judging we have a i think i have a scoring system that i think you would appreciate this i would give it i would give it two two bat flips up so that <laughs> bat flips are flat flips are good so you could you know so i give it two bat flips up in the air two jose bautista bat flips up in the air there we go so oh, wow. yeah i don't know i guess if we were doing it on the scouting scale i'd probably give it a 60 are you, uh, I mean, what are you, if you want to scout the 80 is the highest right yeah 20 to 80 20 is uh you're uh not a a pro player, really. All right, let's let's stick with the scouting scale. You know what? I'll give it. I'll give it a. I'll give it a sixty. I'll give it a sixty. Yeah. It was a. It was a, a good plus, movie. It's a plus movie. It's not. Uh, you know, like I said, it's it's not. The characters aren't nearly as memorable, as, uh, as Dazed and Confused. The main character, who I I found him enjoyable. His his, his actual name is Jenner, but he's not related to the Jenner clan. Um. He was likable enough. He reminded me a little bit. Of like Chris Klein from American Pie, I don't know why. That's a good call. Um, um, and there was a, the kind of a little bit uh, parallel there too with the, you know him going after the singing girl, and and then this one the guy going after the theater girl. But um, yeah, it just it you know I don't I didn't remember the names instantly the way I did with Daisy and Fuse, where you know like Slater and Randall Pink Floyd. <laughs> but it's the same it's the same idea. It's 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 a nostalgia filled movie. For a certain era, and a bunch of people having fun. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I found it an enjoyable distraction. I think I might actually try to get Tara to watch it. I think she might dig it. Yeah, Sarah. Sarah was watching it earlier with me, and she she was laughing quite a bit. There were some parts where the they did the initiation or the when they're getting ready for practice, and oh, the freshman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that was pretty funny. So no, but I captured. I like I said, I would give it a it'll do a scouting degree. That's that's a better idea. Sixty grade. I, I would definitely give it a sixty. For sure, it's it was definitely a good movie, and I would highly recommend it. So, if you haven't seen it, I know we gave you a lot of spoilers, but fair warning, I did put that in the podcast description. So, if you haven't checked it out, watch it for yourself, and don't get mad at me because I spoiled it. So, don't be a dick about it. <laughs> Quite frankly, don't be a dick about it because hey, that's what we're doing. Be but, nice. Yeah, be, be nice. nice. Yeah, be nice right now. 
So K through twelve is canceled through the year now. So there's there's that going on. There's yeah yeah man, it's it's a it's a bummer for the like I it doesn't matter much to to my son who's in kindergarten. You know, it's basically like he was learning stuff. He thinks he'll be okay. I feel bad for the kids in like pivotal grades, like third or fourth grade or whatever, where they're like learning some important stuff. Uh, and I feel bad for the seniors because they're not going to have like graduation parties. They don't get, they don't get to go to the prom or whatever, anything that, that like we, we talk about these touchstones and, uh, in movies. I mean, these are real things to, to a lot of people, you know, some people really look forward to senior prom. I didn't, but, uh, some people do. And, uh, some people enjoy their graduation parties. I didn't have one, probably should have, would have got a couple grand maybe, but, uh, you know, so yeah, it sucks for them. They have to live like I did, but same here. I, I don't know. It, it it'll be the sort of thing. It's going to define a lot of lives going forward. Like yeah, you know, I didn't. Uh, yeah, one of those Corona babies, Corona kids didn't didn't get a chance to have my graduation party. But if things go well, you know what? You can do it next year. Yeah, I, I'm sure there'll be there'll be you know what there'll be a whole brand new industry for people for covering up for events that they, they were able to miss. And I didn't have a high, I didn't have a high school graduation party because I didn't deserve it. And that's another story for another day. <laughs> well, but, that's true. I also didn't graduate. Yeah. I, I barely, so I, I think about that. so funny too, when people talk about when, when it's funny, when I've talked about people about resumes and what have you, and they're talking about high school GPA, I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like, what was it? I'm oh, God, like, no. I, 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 barely, I barely, I had to graduate. Well, I you know, I barely graduated. I, I'll freely admit it to anybody, but it was what I did in college. It matters. It's what, what you do. Outside, even college to a certain extent, but again, I'm not going to give job advice out there. Don't take my advice for, or as a uh, Lavar Burton would say, don't take my word for it. Reading Rainbow style, so don't do that. But it's, I didn't have a high school graduation party. I didn't even. I, I went to prom, but I regret it every time. I, my my two my two my two best friends from high school, who I'm still friends with this day, didn't do prom, and I end up going. My date, we bailed how I'm a date. I bit well. She. Long story. I'm the, uh, one, one day I'll explain the story of my high school prom. But essentially, it ended early. I went to my two buddies' house and played video games till one o'clock in the morning until I had to get home before my mom. Cause my mom rented me a car. I was supposed to get a Mustang. I got a '99 Taurus, which is, if you will know, is one of the lamest cars. Out. No, no offense to anybody who loves Tauruses out there, but that car you're Wait, expecting you a Mustang. '99 Yeah. Or '89 Taurus. No, '99 Taurus. You get a, that was like brand new. It was brand new, but it was it was a Taurus, man. Like I wanted a Mustang. Like I, I like the they like the Mustang will be there, and they're like, oh, sorry, we ran out. It was instead of getting a Mustang, like like you get this Taurus. It's like I remember driving my '89 Escort that I had at the time to my high school prom and having the, the Taurus. But I saved up for it. My mom got it for me, and then I ended oh, wait, up. No, wait, no, so it wasn't. This was just a car to drive. Correct to prom. Oh, I th- oh, my bad. I thought you were like you got a car. Oh like, no 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 no. Take no. a brand new car. Well, like, for example, my no, old... I get you. Yeah, like, yeah. Look at this Taurus. Yeah, exactly. My, 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 hey, for... did you guys see Roger? He drove up in a Taurus. <laughs> <laughs> like, my older brother, for example, he rented... He got a he got a 91... What was it? He got a 91 Probe and a GT. And those, at that time, that car was... Like, he didn't... He had a 79 Caprice. A Chevy Caprice that was oh, beat nice. up. But so for his prom car, he rented. My mom helped him get a '91 Probe GT, and that's a, at the time that's a very nice car. My sister, who graduated '94, got a got a limo. And my younger brother, I don't remember what my younger brother. I think he got a limo. He shared a limo. So my story was a '99 Taurus, and it was just kind of like story of my life. I get <laughs> ugh, like I get the hey, you know dependable, 
four doors, plenty of trunk space. Yes. What more could you ask for on prom? Yeah, it was, and it was when they went to the bigger design. When they went more of that round, well, yeah, every car, every car in Ford in the nineties for whatever reason was round. Like the Escort became more rounder. The yeah, the Contour, which is a yeah, it's a crap car. But yeah, I mean, my mom had you know my dad worked for Ford, so we always had Contours and. We had the probe back in like eighty nine ninety when it first came out. I know all that stuff, but yeah, yeah man, that's uh, no. Sorry about that. I only went to two dances in high school, and they were both the ones where the girls asked the guys. Oh, and, nice. Uh, I was I was I was always far too shy to ask anybody out. Uh, and also, it wasn't never like a romantic. It was just like, um, like hey, a whole bunch of people are going. This girl doesn't have a date. You don't have a date. Go with her. So I was like, all right, fine. Uh, in the tenth grade, I was like bad. You know, I danced with a girl like three times and then went off and ate burritos. <laughs> but by the time I, you know, I was mature as a senior when I went again, and we danced a bunch and out. And I was, I'd have to say, I was a decent date that night. But uh, I, yeah, I never got, I never got asked to a dance. I never, I had a mutual friend, like one the C.D. Hawkins version, whatever yeah. dance. I had a friend of mine who was like, "Do you want to go?" Just she—that was the closest thing. But I guess I, I asked her if she wanted to go, and we wore matching matching Austin Powers T-shirts. Oh no! Yeah, so I was—I well, mean, I was—you know—it was a friend zone thing. But I never—I always—I was always—I was a lot more assertive in high school for whatever reason. I don't know, to this day. I will—I will never understand that why. But anyway, I never—I went to too many dances after a while. To a lot, I only—I think if I, if I think about all the dances I went to. Including the one from our rival school, all the Jock Jam volumes one through five, I'd heard and all that stuff. I maybe had one good time at one good dance. That was it. The one dance I actually got dumped, and I had to get a, I had to get a ride. I got dumped at the dance by my Oof. date, and I had to get, I had to get a ride from somebody who lived a half hour the opposite way, and I felt so bad. And I remember end up going to his work, giving him twenty bucks, and he's like, well, "What was this for?" I'm like, "You gave me a ride when no one else could," and I appreciate it. And after that, it was, yeah. I, anyway, I don't want to, that's depressing yeah. crap. You know, enough <laughs> yeah, stuff no, I, I, I went to a handful of, like, the middle school dances, which weren't formal. You know, everybody just shows up at seven. And, and actually, I met my first girlfriend at one of those dances. We, we ended up uh, playing foosball together. I still remember it, like, hey, wait a minute. We're slapping five a lot. She just hugged me. What's going on? And it, the next thing you know, we're dating. She's an eighth grader. I was a seventh grader. Felt pretty cool about that. Oh, badass. What a, yeah, look at you. P-I-M-P back at one then. Point, yeah, at one point, she was uh, 15 and I was 12. Look at you, man. Look at that. Look at impressive, yeah. Chris. Yep. Uh-huh. Man, look, look. And then she dumped me. She dumped me immediately when she got to high school, as happens. Well, you know what? Though? Look, you're, you're, you're 12 years old and a 15-year-old. Hey, kudos to you, my friend. That is, I was say right. kudos, man. Yeah, I, I, I was saying, I, don't, I mentioned this the other day. I don't know where I was, but. She broke up with me, and I tried to play it off, and then I just stayed home from school for the next two days listening to End of the Road by Boyz II Men. And that's a good way to the podcast, I think. End of no, the road of the podcast. Yeah, and uh, my by the way, my song, 2002, when I was going through a bad breakup, You Got Lucky by Tom Petty, to the point where my friend I do the show with, Over Under Fair, Dave Roldan, the, the podcast I do for pop culture, if he hears that song, he cringes because I played that on repeat for a week straight playing Madden. I was, I was doing Madden 2004, and I had a franchise. No, no, I'm sorry, 2003, Madden. Or 2003, 2002, I, I can't remember what Madden was. And I was a cornerback factory because I was the Ravens. 
And I play that song over and over again to the point where now he hates Tom Petty because of me, because I would just play that, that keyboard, like the, dun, 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 dun. yeah, like, so anyway, all right, let's end the podcast. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. We're back next week talking the 86 Mets, the movie Sugar, and some Stratomatic talk is, uh, I'll be venturing for that for the first time to play. And also, if you get a chance, go to baseballreference.com and check out their simulated seasons right now. And, and Chris, I know you and I were talking about doing a simulated prospect thing. We'll, we'll, work, we'll work in the details on, on that. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I've seen a lot, a lot of people do. There are a lot of places, like you said, uh, Baseball Reference has been doing an out-of-the-park simulation for the majors this year. I've seen a lot of that, but I haven't seen anybody do a minor league one. And I know that in the show, all the minor leaguers are there. So I thought it might be fun to uh, to see how the prospects, the fake prospects are doing. Yeah. So maybe we can work on that somehow. Well, we'll figure it out and we'll, we'll go from there. So until then, we'll see you next time.